So the big question is this, how are entrepreneurs like us, who don't cheat and manipulate people, who are spending money from our own pockets, how do we market in a way that lets us get our products and services and the things we believe in out to the world and yet still remain profitable? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Michael Abdo. And I'm your other host, Tim Van Milligan, and you're listening to the Customer Secrets Podcast. So welcome to the 24th episode of the Customer Secrets Podcast. Today I'd like to do something a little bit different. I want to start by listening to what Michael has done over on our Facebook page which is personality marketers. Um, He's been doing some Facebook Live videos and one of the videos he did, he talked about his journey and what personality marketing was all about for him. And so I wanna start there and then after he's done, I wanna kind of put in my two cents and kind of tell you my journey too. And so I remember, I remember just like, smashing my head against the wall and just like spinning in circles and circles. I remember thinking back to, okay, I have some customers. What was it about those customers that they said yes? Like all of those conversations came so naturally. It came, it felt like I was just talking with an old friend. It felt like, um, like we had known each other for years, you know? And it was, it was, it just, it just, it was, everything was clicking and I was like what's what's different and so I was looking back over all of my customers I was like okay okay with with these customers like what was it about what I said what was it about that I was like well I said the same thing to pretty much all the customers I have the sales script I have everything memorized I'm not saying anything different I was like okay like was I acting different was I being different I was like no I was being consistent high energy focused um clear communication, asking the right questions. And I was like, okay, what, what, what is it? And I, I realized, I was like, okay, what about my customers themselves? What, what was it about them? They're, they're friendly. Um, they're very fam, family oriented. Um, they, they, value, um, they value giving back. They value generosity. I was like, okay, that makes sense. So I was like, that, that's something unique about them. So then I went to my next customer and I looked at them. I was like, huh, they, they, they value family. They, they're generous and they value giving back. They, they look really similar to my other customers. And I started looking through each one of my customers and I realized they all look super super similar in their values and what's most important to them and what drives their life. And then I remember taking a step back and I was like, oh my goodness. Not only do each of my customers look just like one another, but they are a reflection of me. They value the exact same things that I value. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is crazy. Somehow, 
even though I didn't know it, even though I didn't understand it, I was communicating with them my values and they were communicating it back to me and we were on the same page. And I was like, there's something about my personality, something that I'm subconsciously communicating, something that I'm doing and saying and acting that they're picking up on and that they, it creates that intimate bond and that rapport that just isn't there with the other customers. And I was like, if I can, if I can understand what I'm subconsciously communicating and I can not just strengthen that with the, my current customers, but I can understand how other people communicate on those levels, that changes the entire game, the entire game. And so I made it. I made it my, my mission, my goal, my desire, my plan. It was like, all right, I need to master this. I need to understand this. I need to read all I can. I need to do all that I can. I need to find out everything and master how to communicate like this. And so it was, it was a crazy journey. I remember it was ups and downs and trying and failing and reading blog posts after blog posts and like, oh, this is genius and trying it. And then it was just all fluff and none of it worked. And I remember I almost gave up. I almost, there was a point where after trying so much, I was like, there's no way. Like, this is a great idea and it makes sense, but it's just too hard. There's a reason nobody's doing it. And I remember like, by the grace of God, I stumbled across Tim Van Mulligan and I stumbled across his book. And I, it, I was like, what's different about this guy than anything else I've ever read? I was like, there's, there's no like, man. And I remember thinking, I was so desperate. I was like, you know, what? I'll try it. This is the last straw, but I'll try it. So I bought his book and, uh, and I read through it and I remember, I mean, this thing was thick. This thing was like 350 pages. And I remember like five pages in, I was just like, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. This is the gold mine of all the wealth and all the information. And I started reading about Tim and all of his experience being in business for the past, what, thir like 20, 30 years. Um, all of his digital marketing experience being online for a decade plus and all this vast of information and this investing in knowledge that he had that he put all into this book about personality marketing. And I remember reading through it and just being unable to stop. And like the notes I took, like I was highlighting like every other line and just like, this is everything that I've been looking for. And so I read through that and I was like, oh. it, it dawned on me. I was like, I can't, keep this to myself. Like this is what I've been looking for. And I want everybody to know about this. This is so powerful. Like I can't believe that I haven't been taught this before. And I can't believe that Tim is putting this all into a book for everybody to have. Wow, that was pretty powerful. I gotta say that what Michael went through is basically what I went through too. I was on a similar journey where I'm in business trying to sell to my customers and I can deliver the same message to a group of people, but only certain people are attracted to it where the rest of the crowd doesn't really care. So what is it that was different about 
the people that responded versus the people that weren't. And like Michael, I did the same journey. I knew it had to do with the customers. So I did research and I've told the story before, I think, where I first learned about personality when I was at a business conference and one of the speakers was talking about the Myers-Briggs system and he had us all take a test. And when I got done and after he was done talking, it kind of hit me. I said, this, this is very interesting. It has a lot of potential. And why does it have a lot of potential? Because we're talking about the customer. You know, in business, they say, you know, the very first step in the sales process is who is the customer? And that's where personality marketing really gets deep. But what happens in business is after we say who's the customer, we want to know the tactics on how to reach those people. Like what tools can we use to reach out and grab these people? And then we get so enamored with the tools like Facebook or Google ads or direct mail or whatever. And we lose the process of going deep and defining who is the customer. And I think that's a big mistake. And I, and I see it everywhere, everywhere. It's just every businessman or woman goes out and starts selling and then they get into the tools, you know, the, the customer relationship management systems and the software and the technology, and they lose who is the customer. But I understood that I needed to go deep. And like Michael, I started reading. But unlike Michael, I didn't have... I didn't have this big aha moment. There was no one author that I could go to and say, yeah, this is it. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today is like, why isn't this available? What, what is everybody missing? And I'm thinking the future technology is artificial intelligence. And the way artificial intelligence works is you have to feed it a lot of data. And, and what the computer does and what its primary task is to do is to find the commonality between various data points. It's kind of like, you know, drawing a graph, a scatter plot on a graph and drawing the best fit line right through the middle of it. That's what the computer is good at doing. But the computer doesn't have a way of telling us how it did it, how it came up with these, you know, the best fit line. And that's what happened, you know, we keep bringing it up, the Cambridge Analytica search situation from the 2016 presidential election, where they had the computer sift through millions and millions of people's Facebook data. And what it did was find the commonality and it was based on personality type. But the people running the software on the outside couldn't figure it out. To this day, they cannot look at two different people and pick out what the personality of each one of them is. Without the computer helping them, they can't tell. 
because the computer can't tell them how it did it. And that's the situation that I faced too, you know, in 2011 when I was starting to research all of this stuff. I read, like Michael, I read all the blogs. I read a lot of psychology books, just looking for what makes some people want to buy and others not. And I was really pissed. And to this day, I'm still pissed about this because what I discovered was that the psychology people are feeding you half-truths. You know, it's one thing to give you a lie, and that's bad enough, but a half-truth is far more deadly. In the last episode, I brought up the half-truth of the way people behave. There's two ways. There's, you know, it's based on their learning and experiences, and the other way is based on their personality. And what the half-truth is, is that they kind of erase that part about personality. So, yes, you do learn from your experiences, and your behavior is determined partly by your experiences. But they say it's all the way determined that way, and that's a half-truth because they're leaving out something that they don't want you to know. When I was researching this and I was comparing all the different personality type, uh, personality systems, you know, you have DISC, the D-I-S-C, uh, you have Myers-Briggs, um, you have the Big Five, which is the one that the universities use, and they think it's very scientific. Um, and then and then there's all kinds of other ones, you know, the, the ones that are based on the colors and then the Enneagram and ones that are based on... Um, they use, you know, using metaphors to describe different types. And none of this seemed to make any sense to me. And in hindsight, what I'm trying to say is, what did these people miss? And why did they miss it? And I think the why they missed it has to do with their own personality. Because we're all look through the world with our own colored glasses. Well, everybody has their own color. And that clouds you. It kind of it's kind of like blinders. You know, it's blinding off the peripheral vision and you can't see the whole picture. You're only seeing that part that is important to you and that gets into values. And that's really what personality is about. We keep saying it over and over again. And I'm going to keep saying it over and over again. Personality is almost synonymous with values. And so all these different systems, they have their own values. And it, and it kind of clouds them to, you know, that it's the little subtleties that make a big difference. You know, for example, the DISC system. In the DISC system... They define people, and, and it comes down to definitions. They define people on an axis, you know, on a, on like on a grid, where one axis is, are you a person that looks at situations through a logical point of view, or do you look at it based on an emotional set of criteria? You know, does it affect other people? And then on the other axis, they use, and this is the one that's completely wrong, They use energy. Are you a high energy or a low energy? Are you extroverted or introverted? 
And because they're trying to define the four temperaments using that system, it causes a lot of confusion. So when I was looking at it, I'm saying, how can I define these people? Because I've got a high energy person that's a D and I'm also a D. I know I'm a D, but I'm a low energy person. I'm introverted. So how do, how do I fit in? Something's wrong here. And it bothered me. And so then I went to, you know, the Myers-Briggs system. And in the Myers-Briggs system, it, it's better. It's, it's a much more defined, but there's still some holes in it. Uh, and it, the one that really bothers me is intuition versus sensing. And I did an episode on this intuition trait uh, in Myers-Briggs, and it's the same for the big five. In the big five, that trait of sensing versus intuition, the big five system, also called the ocean model, calls it openness. And and is and what I said in episode 23, and I was quoting Dario Nardi, who also was talking about the same point, is if you're not a person with high openness, you're inferior. And it's almost the same in Myers-Briggs, although they just say there's no best. Although in reality, they kind of hint at intuition is better than sensing. According to Myers-Briggs, there's no downside to one or the other trait. Like there's no downside to intuition or there's no downside to sensing. It's you just have it. But in actuality, there is. There is a downside to sensing is that you're not seeing the big picture. But then there's also a downside to intuition, which nobody talks about. The downside to intuition is you lose some of your sensing ability. It's kind of like uh, when, when you lose a sense, your other senses become heightened. So if you become blind, your hearing becomes heightened. Well, with intuition, you gain a sense. You have a sixth sense, but your other senses are diminished. And you can still get through the world that way. It's kind of like being colorblind. You can get through the world just fine being colorblind, but you're just missing that extra little piece of information because you're looking for data in a different area. Um, where this really, I don't want to get into it. I talked about it in that with that one episode. So that was the problem I have with the Myers-Briggs system is that they don't talk about the, the, the bad parts of each of the traits. And unless you know the bad parts, if, if you have a hard time figuring out how you're going to talk to a person. The other problem I have with the Big Five model is the openness category which um, there's two competing models in this category within the system. So on one end, you have openness means how intelligent you are and can you see the big picture? And this is more like the Myers-Briggs definition of intuition. And then other people use the phrase openness to experiences where you want to see new things and experience new things. And it's all about experiences and it's not so much about you know how 
intelligent you are or how you take in information. And so when I'm comparing models, I'm saying, okay, this is conflicting information here, you know, because one study might be about experiences and another one might be about intelligence. And they're both calling it openness. And so what are they really measuring? And it's confusing. And I think it's, uh, it's something that you have to be really careful of. So getting back to my point is when I first started doing all this research, I had all this conflicting data. And I knew that personality was the tool to use, but it's, it wasn't being used properly. And, and my analogy is like a can opener. Say you want to open a can of tuna. But say you've never seen a can opener before. You know, you give a can opener to a, a five-year-old kid and say, open this can of tuna. And if they've never opened a can before, they don't know how to use the tool. Personality is the right tool. It's nobody has used it properly. They don't know how to hook it up to the can to make the turns necessary to make it work. And they can kind of like puncture the surface and pour out the juice, but they can't get at the tuna inside. They can't get at the gold that's inside the can. And so I had this same problem. It's like, how, how do I use this tool? And the big discovery that I had, and I just talked about it, is that personality is almost synonymous with values. If you can find somebody's personality, you can deduce their values. It's like an equation. On one side, you have all their values, and then there's an equal sign, and then on the other side of the equal sign is the word personality. And the way people have used personality up to this point is they've used it we're in that order. They find the traits, they get to the equals, and then they get to personality. I want you to flip that equation. This is a mathematical equation, and you can rearrange the terms. So I want you to take the terms on the right side of the equal sign, which is personality, and move it to the left side, and move all the stuff that was on the left side, and move it to the right side. So now we're starting with personality equals all these traits. The point is we can find the values by typing the prospect and this goes against everything that has come before us. In sales and marketing, the process for selling to a customer is first finding the values and you do this by asking questions. I want you to challenge that assumption because it is an assumption. Why do you have to ask questions to find the values? Can't you find the values by some other means? That's what we're doing here in personality marketing. So what Michael said in his testimonial, he didn't understand why he was not taught this before. And I had that same issue. It, it made me mad. And so I had to do all the work myself. 
I had to come up with the values list because no one else has done it before. And now I spend all my time trying to defend this system. Does it really work? Yes, it works. But you have to make the assumption that values come from a person's personality. Really and truthfully, I just want to use this personality method myself and make money. And for the longest time, I just did. I used it in my own business and I still continue to use it in my own business. But at the same time, I see so many people around me that are struggling. And they're struggling because of the underlying assumption that you don't know the customer's values ahead of time. I liken it to the situation with stomach ulcers. When I grew up, it was a common occurrence. People would have these bleeding stomach ulcers and everybody assumed it because it was because of stress. You know, you'd see a salesman and he'd have this stressful job and he'd have stomach ulcers. And the assumption was, if you could just get rid of the stress, you'd get rid of the stomach ulcers. And sometimes that worked, sometimes it didn't. And why didn't it work? Well, there was a doctor in Australia, I think this was in the 1980s, he challenged that assumption. He said, does stress really cause stomach ulcers? And he researched it and researched it and then finally it clicked to him. No, it's a bacteria that causes stomach ulcers. And everybody laughed at him. No, no, no. Everybody knows that stomach ulcers are caused by stress. And so he had to go out and prove it. And the way he proved it is he injected himself with the bacteria that caused stomach ulcers. And sure enough, he got a stomach ulcer. And then the cure was so simple. Just take antibiotics and you get rid of your stomach ulcers. I don't know if he's won the Nobel Prize in medicine for this, but he should have. Do you hear about the stomach ulcer problem today? No, because it's easily cured by taking antibiotics. But the point of this is he had to challenge the assumption. And the assumption that we face today is that we don't know a person's values. And I say, yes, we do. And that's what makes me so mad uh, because I have to continually defend this, this, this proposition. So in conclusion, I want to tell you that personality is the right tool that you've been looking for. And if you're like me, and if you're like Michael, and you've been struggling to find how to implement personality into your business, you've come to the right place. We've figured it out. And I'm openly sharing it here on this podcast. And we're openly sharing it on our Facebook group, Personality Marketers. So join that group. And then also come to our website, um, customersecrets.com. I've got hundreds of blog posts that I, you know, document my journey in discovering all this stuff. Um, I haven't been as active on it recently as I did when I first started, but it's still there. All that information is still priceless. It's evergreen. It's never going to lose its effectiveness. So you can read it today and kind of catch up. 
And if you really want to drink from the fire hose and get it really quick, get the book that I wrote and it's called Selling by Personality Type by Tim Van Milligan. It's a Kindle book, only available on Amazon. You can buy it there, it's cheap. Um, and this is the book that yeah, Michael talked about and it changed his life because it opened his eyes and he looked at the world from a new perspective. And that's what our goal is, is everybody that I see in marketing is going down this road, you know, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. And over here on the side road, we're saying, hey, use personality marketing and you'll get the values. And it's the shortcut. It's the shortcut across the field that nobody's taking and you're gonna blow away your competition. So I, I'm done with my rant. <sighs> yeah, so again, thank you for listening to this rant. My name is Tim Van Milligan and this is the CustomerSecrets.com podcast.